Hey everyone, welcome to episode 139, Champagne Tower Parenting. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hello, everyone. You like these fun titles? They're so fun to come up with. My brain just comes up with them and I'm like, poof, there's an episode. So I was listening to someone talk about a champagne tower and how we can use that as an analogy to balance the relationships in our lives and give the amount of emotional bandwidth depending on where they are in our champagne tower. If you've heard the episode about Saturn being a great way to kind of manage your relationships and manage your angst, so to speak, what other people think about you, what you think about you, what you think about them. If they've done you dirty, that you're not spending all your emotional bandwidth time thinking about them or what they did, where they betrayed you or they hurt you or they said mean things about you or they weren't very kind to you or it's just not a match, so to speak. Maybe there was a breakup. Maybe it was a messy breakup. Maybe there's friction and tension based on things that happened a long time ago when you were a kid or that happened last week. So when you talk about Saturn, Saturn is a great analogy to manage your relationships and balance your relationships based on living your life from the in to the out. So if you think about Saturn, you're the Saturn and then you put yourself in the center, does not make you self-centered, and then you give to yourself first and then the overflow of what you give to yourself, whether that's through your spiritual connection, through if you go to church, your relationship with God, your relationship with the universe, your relationship with your body, the way you're moving your body, the way you're talking to your body, the way you're spending your downtime, the way you're treating yourself, so to speak. What comes in will only come out and that what goes in will come out in your first Saturn rung of relationships, which are usually the people that live within your four walls. That includes your pets because every human in your house is energy. So it's exchange of energy out and exchange of energy back. Now, we already know that the people within our four walls, we cannot control their energy. We can only control our side of the street. What we put out comes back to us. Sometimes we put out happy, positive energy, and then we have a moody teen or a toddler who cries a lot or a grumpy spouse. That's okay. We can only control our side of the street. We're not trying to control all the other people because there's been a time where we have been grouchy. We have been stressed out. We have been ornery. We have been disrespectful. So we don't always want to cast judgment on the people within our four walls of like shame and guilt and look what they're doing, they're doing, they're doing. Because like they say, when you're pointing your finger at someone else, you have three fingers pointing back at you because it is a way to look within. So a lot of you liked that analogy because Saturn is a great way to kind of visualize your relationships. And your most vulnerable relationships are the ones that are closest to Saturn because those are the ones that the brain thinks can hurt us the most. Spouse and kids are usually the people living within our four walls. Or you might be still living at home and then the people within your four walls are your original caregivers, your family of origin. Now, second tier on Saturn is sometimes, not always, your family of origin. Who influenced you as you were growing up? And then the next tier might be your friends. And then second tier can even be friends that are like family. I have many people on tier two that don't live in my four walls and they're not family, but they are in tier two because of a long-standing friendship, relationship, what have you. 
or I've met them through David, or he's met them through me. So you see how this works? Another way of visualizing this is through a champagne tower. I heard this and I almost pulled off the road. I wish I could give credit to where I heard it. But when you think of your relationships like a champagne tower, how are they made? And I've literally Googled how to make a champagne tower. It's almost like you're making a pyramid of champagne glasses. I don't even like champagne. We did a toast at our wedding in 2001. And when we did the toast, I was like, oh, I don't like champagne. So I think I swapped out my drink because I just did not like champagne. But I love the analogy of a champagne tower because the way a champagne tower works is you pour all the champagne into the top glass and then it filters down into the other champagne glasses that are on the tower. And you could have a tower that's three tiered high or it could be 15 tiers. And that's how we have to give in our relationships. We pour into ourselves first. That doesn't mean first instead of, that means first so I can pour into you. And then the way that we love ourselves and the way that we treat ourselves and the way that we talk to ourselves and the way that we move our body and the way that we feed ourselves, all of that really, really matters. The environment in which we live in matters because then that will spill out and that abundance of love will spill out into your next level of glasses, which is your first rung, people that are living within your four walls. And then as it goes down the tower, you have your third tier, which could be your family of origin. It could be friends that are like family. The next level could be your acquaintances, your work relationships, your friendships. Then the next level is your acquaintances, people you know at work, but you don't really know. You know of them, they know of you, and so on and so forth. People at church. Now you get to create whatever kind of tower you want. What happens is because our first tier, the people that live within our four walls, are our most vulnerable relationships, our brain likes to kind of self-sabotage those a little bit because we're so afraid of feeling vulnerable and we've been hurt in the past. And so these vulnerable relationships bring up our vulnerable pain from the past. And so we end up re-injuring ourselves over and over and over because we hold back, we withdraw, we hide, we pout, we stonewall, we're snappy. And then we feel a lot of emotional distance with the people within our four walls or our first level of our champagne tower. What you pour into the top cup is gonna spill out into everybody within your four walls. That's why when I help people get healthy, I could care less about the actual scale. It's that I know the ripple effect of helping the top cup, so to speak. That doesn't mean you're better than anybody. It ripples over and pours into your first level. Always and forever, amen. It's kind of like the gas you put in your car makes your car go. The gas you put in yourself makes your family go. Now, a lot of times when we have a child, especially when they're babies, we put them at the top and we just give everything and all the things to the baby and we put ourselves not even on the second rung, all the way down at the bottom. So we're not even getting the crumbs of the baby's love. We're giving the crumbs of our own love to ourselves because the baby can't be at the top of the pyramid. The school-aged child can't, the teen can't. It's too much responsibility. It's not their job and it's not their role. A lot of times we put them there because we're so hyper-focused on them. So if we just hyper-focus on them, we don't have to focus on our relationship with ourselves. Do you see how this acts as a substitute, so to speak? I did this for so many years, so I know. Remember, I'm not only the president of the hair club for men, I'm also a client. Remember that commercial? That's how I feel when I'm doing this podcast with you is that I'm right along there with you. I'm in the trenches with you, but they're not all trenches. There's so much goodness in that. So when we focus on that, that's what grows more of. So what happens is we have someone that did us dirty. They betrayed us. They stole from us. They said mean things. They called us an a-hole. They did whatever. And they're so far down on Saturn or so far down in our tower, but they somehow sneak all the way up to the top and they get so much of our emotional energy. Even though we have people on our second tower that love us, affirm us, 
make us feel good. We make them feel good. We affirm them. We love them. But somehow that person that did you dirty gets in the second tier because they're using a lot of your mind drama. You're using a lot of your mind drama to think about them, to ruminate over them. A lot of times it could be the ex-husband or the ex-wife or an ex-someone. And all of a sudden we give them second tier. We give them second rung because we're so afraid. Like, what if they're right? I have all these people that love me, but what about this person that I'm putting at second tier? I'm giving all my emotional power away to, and I'm thinking about him or her more than I'm thinking about the good relationships. This is what the brain does. It's completely normal. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just be aware of it, that they belong where they belong on your champagne tower. Not because they're less than or they're worse than, but they're just no longer a part of your life for whatever reason. And then they have their own tower and you wanna be in proportion in their tower where you are, where they are in your tower. Now this gets tricky. Our family of origin, when we are little, we are wired for connection. Your children are wired for connection. We're actually teaching them what connection looks like, whether it's positive, negative, or right in the middle. We're teaching them what it looks like, what it feels like. So then they're going to go out and recreate that when they become a young adult and their adult relationships with their friends, with their coworkers, with their spouse, with their boyfriends, with their girlfriends, with all the people. So that's why this work is so important and it's so powerful to do because we don't want to repeat old patterns just because the brain likes patterns. It likes to seek pleasure, avoid pain and be efficient. So it likes doing the same old, same old, even though the same old, same old is maybe it might be toxic, it might be unhealthy. It might not be a positive example of what you want to recreate, but your brain doesn't know any different. So it just goes on autopilot. That's why consciousness helps so much because a lot of times when we're little, we wanted mommy and daddy or greedy, greedy grandpappy to show up in a way that they didn't show up. I have so many clients that have parents that were not that kind to them. They might've abused them. They might've hit them. They might've neglected them. They might've drank through their childhood. They might've been in and out. They might've been emotionally unavailable. They might've been a workaholic. Insert adjective there. So let's just say they were emotionally unavailable. Let's say they were a workaholic. Now, when they're a workaholic, you could substitute that with anything else. They could be an angerholic. They were addicted to anger. They could be an actual alcoholic where they're addicted to alcohol. How do you know if someone's a blankaholic? Is when it gets in the way of their most vulnerable relationships. That's when you know. And a lot of times it's in the eye of the beholder. It's not always in the person who has the quote unquote issue because they can't see it because they're not conscious. Not that there's something wrong with them. They're just not conscious to it. And it's too painful to feel the feelings instead of numbing out with the whatever aholic it is that's numbing it. So if we had an emotionally unavailable parent who wasn't there for us, whether emotionally, physically, spiritually, what happens is when we become a parent, we so desperately wanted that emotionally unavailable parent to be there for us at the things and not even at the things, but just in general. So when we become a parent, we think, well, they couldn't be there for me or my siblings when I was little. So now I'm going to have a child and I'm going to put grandparents on second tier, second rung, because I know that they couldn't give it to me, but of course they're going to give it to my kids. So they get a center stage. They get a seat at the table, even though they haven't deserved it. And so then when they're emotionally unavailable for the grandchild, We are so shocked and we're so stunned. Like, I can't believe they're doing this. But we don't look at the pattern of behavior that they've had for the last 30, 40 years. Of course they can't. But the reason why is because there's a little girl, a little boy inside of you who wanted them to be there for you when you were little. It didn't happen or it couldn't happen. So then we give them a seat at the table because they're family. DNA does not trump the line in your tower. DNA does not get to hop to second tier, third tier, just because they share DNA. 
They get there because you know now you're stepping to emotional adulthood because you put them there because they are a positive influence for you and your kids and your spouse and your family unit. You have to flip that paradigm. Your family of origin doesn't get an automatic seat at the table just because they're family. The saying family is everything. Well, family is everything if those members in the family are positive contributions to your lives and those of your new four walls. A lot of times you want to bring your old four walls into your new four walls. And then when that doesn't happen and they don't show up for the child, then we end up re-injuring ourselves again and our child. Because the little girl, little boy inside of you says, well, they couldn't be there for me, but of course they're going to be there for them. And then you're using your kid as a pawn to heal an old wound in current time. And it doesn't work that way. Because if they couldn't be there for you, they couldn't be there for the grandkids. Because you know why? They can't be there for themselves. We don't have to judge it. We don't have to shame it. We just acknowledge it. And then we get to create our own champagne tower, our own Saturn. So you're the Saturn or you're the top champagne glass. Then your next level is your four walls or your first rung in Saturn is your four walls. Then rung two or level two of your champagne tower from the top to bottom is whoever you want to be there. So one time I was explaining this to Lily and she said, and she was little. And I remember we were standing outside the mall. I was talking about my sister who's literally like, I always say my right arm, my left arm are my two sisters. And so she's just using Molly as an example. She's like, Aunt Molly, she's on second tier. Does that mean that we love her less? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Your tower and your Saturn does not mean love less or more. It's not in proportion. It's not like first place, second place, third place. It's that her energy isn't impacting our energy day in and day out. Like if Aunt Molly was sick, then we would bring her chicken soup. We'd send her cards. We'd hope she'd feel better. But we're not around Aunt Molly laying on the couch. But if like daddy's sick, you feel that energy within the four walls is more impactful. When you think about it as energy versus caring more or less. And if you have an ex-husband or an ex-wife, they are your ex for a reason. So then they're going to be further down in your tower or further out in your Saturn. You can still love them. You just love them from afar but they don't get all your emotional bandwidth because you're only given so much per day and you're allotted a certain amount. So you want that to be spent on the people within your four walls, including yourself first. Not first instead of, it's me too with you. But a lot of times we lose ourselves because we put our kids or our spouse at the top of the tower or the center of the Saturn and then we're pouring into them, we're giving into them and then we're taking the crumbs of their love because we're not giving to ourselves first. So that saying you can't pour for an empty cup or you got to put on your oxygen mask first really does matter. Because when you're giving an abundance with your champagne tower to yourself, that overflow is what your family gets to enjoy. Or I should say your four walls because living within your four walls, it could be you could be living with a roommate. You could be living alone. A lot of different living situations out there. You could be caring for a ailing family member. That's going to impact the energy within your four walls. But what happens is you're giving in proportion emotional bandwidth and your mind drama in proportion to where they are in your tower. And then when they have a negative opinion of you or they say something negative to you, it doesn't impact you as much as if it was happening within your four walls. And I posted this quote the other day that you all loved and I love too. And the quote was, the version of me you created in your mind is not my responsibility. So you have an ex out there, I'll just use an ex as an example, who thinks negatively of you and that's okay. You probably have some negative thoughts about him or her too. That's okay. And they should be further down in your Saturn or in your champagne tower so they don't impact you as much as if it's happening within your four walls. Now, if it's happening within your four walls, then you want to look at the energy you're putting out first because that part you can control. So if you're a control freak or a control enthusiast, like I like to soften it, like myself, 
You will love this because you get to control your side of the street and you don't have to spend all your time controlling, micromanaging, worrying the other people within your four walls. You get to let them be human. And being a human is hard because you are a human and you know how being a human is hard. Managing your emotions, doing all the things, all very hard things. And I posted this quote the other day. It says, it's a picture of a lady and she looks so disheveled. I mean, messy bun doesn't even get it done, like to even describe it. She has her glasses like falling off her nose. She has, it looks like a black eye or like she's covered with like child's paint and she just looks very disheveled. And she says, oh, here's me trying to be a mom, exercise, excel in my career, not be broke, stay hydrated, get enough sleep, text everyone back and not lose my cool. Okay, so that's exactly how our kids feel. Me trying to be a kid, instead of exercise, it could be playing with my friends. And instead of excelling in my career, it could be excelling at school. Not being broke could be doing my chores. Staying hydrated could be eating my vegetables that my mom wants me to eat. Getting enough sleep, they don't care about that. So something they care about that helps rejuvenate them is getting enough downtime. If they're older, instead of texting everyone back, it could be FaceTiming everyone back or snapping everyone back and not lose my cool. The same overwhelm that you feel as being a parent, your child has the same level of overwhelm, just different factors leading to their overwhelm. So when we know that, we're gonna be like, oh, I know what it's like to be a human. I might not remember what it's like to be five or 10 or 15, but I know being a human is hard and there's beauty and there's pain at every single level. And so I get that. I know what overwhelm feels like. I know what frustration feels like. I know what stress feels like. This is part of the human experience. Instead, we get so uncomfortable seeing our kids uncomfortable. So then we freak out when they're freaking out instead of being like, oh, you're having a human emotion, not in a condescending, told you so kind of way, but from an understanding, lots of compassion kind of way, just like we would if our friend called us and said they had a really tough day. What you'd probably say is a sentiment along the way of, I know how you feel. You would not tell your friend to get over it, stop it. You're being ridiculous, act your age, leave me alone, go to your room. We probably wouldn't have that friend for very long. That's the same thing with our kids. And so when you give in proportion to where they are in your champagne tower, you won't feel so overwhelmed because most and all of your emotional bandwidth will go within your four walls because you know that they can't hurt you because anything that they say or do is a reflection of them, not a reflection of you. And you know that the worst thing that could happen is a human emotion and you can handle that because you've dealt with frustration. You've dealt with anger. You've dealt with sadness. You want to normalize it for yourself first because then you can normalize it with the people within your four walls and down your champagne tower. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.